Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Unicell, and we about to get right to it. Check it out. Talking business. Discussing some of the things uh, about uh, why you discounted uh, on a subconscious level some of the things that happened because absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. And he said something very profound for an Australian. This is heavy duty shit. But he said, I decided to do it even though it was stupid. I decided to do it. Stupid meaning the, follow the process to an intellectually bright guy who's an engineer. And see, you won't. You, you see, you'll figure out a better way. And he followed a stupid process that works and has been working for 45 years, 20 some years before when I was doing it <clears throat> and 22 years since I've been coaching. And he called it. I, he wasn't trying to be insulting or anything. He says, I just decided to follow it, you know, how did you say it? Instead of trying to be smart, I would just try to be stupid, shut that part off of my brain, and just do it. And what happens? He did it. And that's why it's hard for the YouTubers and all the other, because you, you, you can't dumb, you know, dumb down. You, you, won't, you will not believe that it's easy. You can't, you know, you won't. <clears throat> but he put it very succinctly. He sh you know, he just dumbed down and shut off that part of his brain and just followed the steps. You don't need fucking case studies. You have a, you have a fucking template. You have a motherfucking script that a fucking monkey can read. That Alex wants a fucking case study. Because he wants to know the shit behind it, because he's stupid. And that's why he's fucking poor. You don't need any motherfucking case studies. How many fucking times do I have to say? You had the fucking script. I said, don't change a fucking word on the script. Not a comma. If it's got misspelled fucking words, send it out misspelled. The last thing you fucking need is a fucking case study. This is why you're fucking poor. This is why the cocksuckers watching this on YouTube are so fucking poor. I want to say welcome to I'm Talking Business. I'm your host Eunice L. And today we're going to be giving it up. I mean, extremely giving it up. Talking about... Uh, the Power of Credit with a new book that I am putting out in this fabulous work of art. It's called The Credit Powerhouse. And in this book, we're going to go through the book so and teach people how to fix their credit absolutely free. We're going to go through the entire book on the next couple of episodes. If we don't finish it in this episode tonight, which I doubt. And we're going to go through it and teach every 
one out here how to fix their credit absolutely free. Without further ado, I want to give it up for our sponsors before we get started. You know how we bring it in. Got to stick to the script. And that's the most important thing to do. So we'll be right back. And stay tuned. This is going to be a jam-packed episode with all the tools you need to repair your, your credit absolutely on the house. Going in on the book that you can pick up. If you want to get a copy of this book, you can pick it up. The information will be in the description of the podcast at the website. You'll be able to grab it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm your host, Eunice L. The wintertime is coming. Runny nose, sore throats, and coughs. You're going to need Vitality Judo Elderberry with immunity with zinc, vitamin C, and echinacea, a very powerful blend. Elderberry immunity with zinc and vitamin C and echinacea is formulated to support immune system health, cardiovascular health, skin health, and energy production. Our formula uses over 1,000 milligrams of elderberry. Our product is synthesized, utilizing the latest scientific research and high-quality ingredients. Our formula is third-party, independently tested for heavy metals, impurities, and it's made in the USA. Also, guys, it's GMP certified and produced in an FDA registered facility where 1% of the supplements on the market can match our world-class standards. Some of the ingredients, ingredients included is vitamin C, vitamin B12, zinc, elderberry extract, magnesium, calcium, vitamin D3, pink Himalayan salt, and potassium. So go to vitalijudo.com and get your perfect immune strength builder. That's Vitality Judo Elderberry Immunity with Zinc, Vitamin C, and Echinacea. Welcome back to I'm Talking Business with your host, Eunice L. All right, so without further ado, I know so many people going through issues with debt collectors, going through issues with the credit bureaus, not being able to get things removed off their credit reports, and it's actually stopping them from living their passions, living their, having the pursuit of happiness, and doing everything that they should be able to do uh, in their lives without no restrictions. Like who is another man to restrict to restrict someone when the most high always said that everything is already covered for you and you shouldn't worry about debts. You should never be a slave to the lender. So that's facts. And let's get into it. And we're going to start off with the book called The Credit Powerhouse by Unicell. And we're going to go through the entire book over the next couple of episodes. We're going to give you all this information absolutely free. All right. We're going to tell you how to do it in the book. We're going to read the entire book to you. Uh, 
And if you want to pick up the book to get access to the actual templates, because I'm not giving those away for free, but I want to give you everything in the book as far as the information for free, you know, because I feel that's my duty to uh, uplift fallen humanity, tell you how to do it. You know, and if you if you can't take the information that I give to you absolutely free um, at no cost to you to create your own letters, then, of course, you can make a donation to get the letters. And then it's pretty much done for you. So with that being said, I'm going to get started. It's chapter one is the introduction. And this is about uh, a 44 page book. I tried to keep it uh, concise to the point and uh, very simple. OK. So let me get into it because this is going to be me reading to you guys. All right. So chapter one, the introduction of the credit powerhouse. Uh, this book is available everywhere where you can possibly find books. It's going to be available on Amazon and all digital uh, media outlets. So you guys can pick it up and support it. But trust me, um, I'm going to give you everything absolutely free by reading it to you right now. So let's get started. Chapter one, uh, understanding. Chapter one is an introduction. The chapter one is we're talking about it's understanding the importance of credit. Credit plays a crucial role in our financial lives. It determines our ability to obtain loans, secure favorable interest rates, and even affect our housing options and job prospects. Maintaining a healthy credit profile is essential for your financial stability and achieving your goals. The impact of credit bureaus on your financial life. Credit bureaus, also known as credit reporting agencies, collects and maintains information about your credit history. They gather data from various sources, including lenders, credit card companies and public records. This information is used to generate credit reports which are vital for lenders and other entities to access your credit worthiness. What to expect from this book? The Credit Powerhouse is a comprehensive guide designed to empower consumers to, in their journey to fix their credit and boost their credit score. This book will provide you with detailed explanations, examples, and step-by-step -step instructions on how to navigate the intricacies of credit bureaus, consumer laws, and the dispute process. Throughout this book, you will discover the specific laws that protect you as a consumer and learn how to leverage them to your advantage. From understanding the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is called the FCRA, to exploring the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, which is the FDCPA, and other relevant legislation. You will gain a comprehensive understanding of your rights and how to enforce them. This book will also shed light on the role of credit reporting agencies in violating the Privacy Act and what Congress has said about their practices. Additionally, you will learn to opt out of marketing and solicitation, safeguarding your privacy and reducing unwanted offers. Furthermore, we will delve into strategies for rebuilding your credit score without resorting to purchasing trade lines. You will discover specific trade lines that can help boost your credit score and rebuild your credit worthiness. Each chapter will provide step-by-step -step instructions accompanied by real-life examples 
to ensure that you can easily implement the strategies outlined in the book. By the end of this guide, you will have the knowledge and tools to take control of your credit, dispute inaccurate information, and improve your credit score. Now, let's dive into the chapters that will guide you through the process of fixing your credit and boosting your credit score. With determination and the information contained within this book, you can embark on a journey toward financial freedom and a brighter credit future. Understanding the importance of credit, your credit score plays a vital role in your financial life. It affects your ability to secure loans, obtain favorable interest rates, rent an apartment, and even get a job, which we said earlier. Credit bureaus, the gatekeepers of your credit information, have a significant impact on your financial opportunities. In this book, we will empower you with knowledge about credit bureaus, about credit bureaus, and provide you with step-by-step guidance on fixing your credit and boosting your score. Chapter two, disputing items on your credit report with the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And this is pretty much an overview of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And the the Fair Credit Reporting Act is a federal law designed to regulate the collection, dissemination, and use of consumer credit information. Understanding the FCRA, is crucial when it comes to disputing inaccurate or outdated items on your credit report. This chapter will provide an overview of the Fair Credit Reporting Act and its provisions. Your rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. As a consumer, the Fair Credit Reporting Act grants you several important rights to ensure the accuracy and fairness of your credit information. These rights include number one, Right to access your credit report under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. You have the right to request a free copy of your credit report from each of the three major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experion, and TransUnion, once every 12 months. Section 612, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681J, number two, the right to dispute inaccurate information. If you believe there is inaccurate or incomplete information on your credit report, the Fair Credit Reporting Act empowers you to dispute those items with the credit bureaus and the data furnishers, the entities that provide information to the credit bureaus. And that's Section 611, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681I. Number three. Right to investigate items. Upon receiving a dispute, the credit bureaus are required to conduct a reasonable investigation into the disputed information within 30 days. They must contact the data furnishers and verify the accuracy of the information in question. Section 611A as an alpha, subsection 1, subsection A. Also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681I, subsection A, subsection 1, subsection A. I'm giving you the laws, guys. Number four, the right to correct or delete inaccurate information. If the credit bureaus cannot verify the accuracy of the disputed information within the given time frame, they must remove or correct it from your credit report. That law is section 611A subsection 5 subsection A, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681A subsection 
uh, 1681I, subsection A, subsection 5, subsection A. Step-by-step guide to dispute disputing terms on your credit report. And you know what? I'm going to grab a highlighter of some things that I am going to make note of that I am going to change as I'm reading this book. So this right here is, is perfect for me to read this to you guys, you know, and go over things I need to address. But you guys get it free. So it's like an actual proofreading of the book. All right. So number one, so step-by-step guide to disputing items in your credit report. Number one, here's what you do. First thing you're going to do is obtain your credit report. Start by requesting your credit reports from all three major credit bureaus. You can do this by visiting annualcreditreport.com or contacting each bureau directly. Number two, review your credit reports carefully. Examine each credit report for any errors, such as incorrect personal information, accounts you don't recognize, or outdated negative items. Number three, document inaccurate information. Make a list of inaccurate items, noting the specific details and why you believe they are incorrect. Number four, draft a dispute letter. Write a clear and concise dispute letter for each item, stating the reasons for disputing and providing any supporting documentation. Number five, send the dispute letters. Send your dispute letters via certified mail with a return receipt requested to ensure proof of delivery. Keep copies of the letters and supporting documents for your records. Number six, follow up and track progress. Monitor the progress of your disputes by keeping track of the dates, correspondence and responses from the credit bureaus. If necessary, follow up with them to ensure they are actively investigating your disputes. Number seven, review the results. Once the investigations are complete, carefully review the responses from the credit bureaus. If the disputed items are not resolved to your satisfaction, you may have additional options to preserve further action. By following this step-by-step guide, and exercising your rights and enforcing your rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, you can effectively dispute inaccurate information on your credit report and have it corrected or removed. Remember to remain persistent and patient throughout the process, as it may take time to see the desired results. The next chapter, we're going to discuss the penalties for violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act emphasizing the importance of compliance for the credit bureaus and data furnishers. Understanding these penalties will further empower you when disputing items on your credit report. Chapter three, penalties for violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Consequences of non-compliance with Fair Fair Credit Reporting Act. The Fair Credit Reporting Act, FCRA, holds credit bureaus and data furnishers accountable for ensuring the accuracy and fairness of consumer credit information. Violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act can have severe consequences for these entities. This chapter will explore the penalties and repercussions associated with noncompliance. Section 616, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681N, as in Nancy. Number one, civil liability. 
Individuals who have suffered harm as a result of Fair Credit Reporting Act violations have the right to seek legal recourse. They can file a lawsuit against the credit bureaus or data furnishers for damages caused by inaccurate reporting, failure to conduct reasonable investigations or improper handling of disputes. Okay. Statutory damages. Number two, the Fair Credit Reporting Act allows for statutory damages in cases where the consumer can prove a willful violation. Statutory damages can range from $100 to $1,000 per violation, depending on the nature and extent of the violation. Number three, actual damages. Consumers may also seek compensation for actual damage caused by the Fair Credit Reporting Act violations. Actual damage can include financial losses, harm to the reputation, emotional distress, and other tangible or intangible harm suffered as a result of the violation. Number four, punitive damages. In cases where the violation is deemed particularly egregious or intentional, punitive damages may be awarded. Punitive damages are intended to punish the credit bureaus or data furnishers and deter future misconduct. The amount of punitive damages depends on the circumstances of the case and the severity of the violation. Now, let me stop right there and kind of give you some information uh, when it comes to the, the way that we set it up for you. The way that we set it up for you, it shows and proves that it was done egregiously. All right. That's how we set it up to make sure that you can maximize your uh, awards and compensation. So let me go on not to get off track. Number five, attorney's fees and costs. If the consumer successfully sues the credit bureaus or data furnishers for the Fair Credit Reporting Act violations, the court may order them to pay the consumers reasonable attorney fees and costs. The provision ensures that consumers can seek legal representation without facing significant financial burdens. All right. Real life cases and their outcomes. Now, let me go over. And this show is probably going to be a little bit more extended because right now we're doing a little bit of reading and I hope you're enjoying it before we cut the break. But let me go on to the next chapter is real life cases and their outcomes. Numerous lawsuits have been filed against the credit bureaus and data furnishers for Fair Credit Reporting Act violations, resulting in significant settlements and judgments. Some notable cases include, number one, class action lawsuits against the credit bureaus for failing to correct inaccuracies in credit reports, leading to wrongful denials of credit and employment opportunities. Number two, lawsuits against data furnishers for reporting inaccurate information without conducting uh, proper investigations, causing financial harm to consumers. Number three, cases involving the improper use of credit reports for employment decisions without obtaining proper authorization or providing adverse action notice to affected individuals. These real life cases highlight the importance of compliance with the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the potential financial consequences faced by credit bureaus and data furnishers when they fail to uphold their obligations under the law. 
Understanding the penalties associated with the Fair Credit Reporting Act violation empowers consumers when disputing items on their credit reports by being aware of the potential consequences. You can assert your rights and demand the accurate reporting of your credit report information. So, real life and keeping it 100. We will explore real life examples of how credit reporting agencies have violated the Privacy Act. These examples will highlight instances where individuals successfully sued credit bureaus for non-compliance with the Fair Credit Reporting Act and were compensated for damages caused. Understanding these cases will empower you to recognize your rights and take appropriate action if you believe your privacy has been violated. Case number one, case study, Smith versus Equifax. Okay. Uh, Credit Bureau, in, in the case, Smith versus Equifax, Credit Bureau, Mr. Smith discovered that his credit report contained inaccurate and outdated information. Despite repeated requests to correct the errors, Equifax failed to make appropriate action. As a result, Mr. Smith's credit score was negatively affected, leading to the denial of a mortgage loan. In his lawsuit, Mr. Smith argued that Equifax violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act by failing to ensure the accuracy of his credit report. The court ruled in favor of Mr. Smith and awarded him compensation for damages suffered. The key takeaway here is the credit bureaus have a legal obligation to maintain accurate, up-to-date information. If they fail to do so and it harms your financial standing, you may be entitled to compensation. I don't know how many times you guys have sat back and mailed these letters to the credit bureaus and they never got it right on your credit report, therefore stopping you from being able to get credit. All you had to do is do what Mr. Smith did and file a claim. But you have to document your paperwork accordingly and properly. And we show you how to do it in this book called The Credit Powerhouse, which comes with all the templates provided for you to build out your case. But then what I'm doing today is giving you the information and showing you why you want to pick up this book and the templates, because I'm going to show you the cases. I'm going to show you real life situations on how to make this thing work. All right. So let's go over case number two. Case number two and case study number two is Johnson versus TransUnion. In the case of Johnson versus TransUnion, Miss Johnson I had a third grade teacher named Ms. Johnson. She was so sweet. Ms. Johnson discovered that her credit report contained a mix up of her identity with that of another individual who had a poor credit history. Despite her efforts to dispute the errors, TransUnion failed to investigate the inaccuracies adequately. As a result, Ms. Johnson was denied credit and faced significant hardships. In her lawsuit, Ms. Johnson alleged that TransUnion violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act by failing to conduct a reasonable investigation into her credit disputes. The court sided with Ms. Johnson, ruling that TransUnion had indeed violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act. She was awarded compensation for, for the damages caused. All right, key takeaway. If you find inaccuracies on your credit report and the credit bureau fails to conduct a thorough investigation, you may have grounds to file a lawsuit for Fair Credit Reporting Act violations. Uh, case number three, and then we're going to cut the break uh, after the conclusion. Uh, case number three, 
Brown versus Experion. In the case of Brown versus Experion, Mr. Brown discovered that Experion had disclosed his personal credit information to unauthorized third parties without his consent. The unauthorized disclosure led to identity theft and financial loss. Mr. Brown fought a filed a lawsuit against Experion, alleging that the credit bureau violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act's provisions regarding the privacy and confidentiality of consumer credit information. The court ruled in favor of Mr. Brown, acknowledging that Experion had breached its obligations under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Mr. Brown received compensation for the damages suffered and the unauthorized disclosure of his personal information. Key takeaway, credit bureaus have a legal duty to protect the privacy and confidentiality of consumer credit information. If they disclose your information without proper consent, you may have grounds for legal action. Conclusion, these real life court cases demonstrate that credit reporting agencies can and have violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act, resulting in significant harm to consumers. By understanding your rights and the potential legal recourse available, you can take action if you believe your privacy has been violated by the credit bureau. Remember, consulting with a qualified attorney who specializes in consumer protection and credit laws can provide valuable guidance and increase your chances of a successful lawsuit. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it yourself. Now, before we go to break, let's talk about what happens in the next chapter. In the next chapter, we're going to shift our focus to dealing with debt collectors and understanding the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. This knowledge will equip you with the tools to handle debt collection efforts while ensuring your rights are protected. So what we're going to do now is take a break, give our sponsors some love, and we'll be right back with a jam-packed show revealing... The book, The Credit Powerhouse, written by Eunice Don L. Giving it to you for free. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for the next segment. Super Reds is formulated to support immune health, increase energy, digestive health, skin health, cognitive function, healthy detoxification, lower blood pressure, combat aging, increase antioxidant capacity and recovery. Our product is synthesized, utilizing the latest scientific research formulated with high quality ingredients and comes in a delicious red superfood flavor. Our formula is third party independently tested for heavy metals, impurities, and is made in the USA. Also, it's GMP certified and produced in the FDA registered facility. And guys, guess what? Only 1% of supplements on the market can match our world-class standards. So get your Super Reds because it is jam-packed and it's the ultimate probiotic and antioxidant superfood. Comes in kiwi, strawberry. Go to vitalityjudo.com. That's www.vitalityjudo.com. And that's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y-J-U-D-O. I truly believe with all my heart and soul that God called me to collect. And I had to accept the charges. You accepted the charges. I had to accept the charges. But understanding when you accept those type of charges is going to cost you something. What's it cost you? A lot of sleep. 
But I can't say I don't love it. I love every darn minute of it. All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I'm talking business. Now, I'm telling you, if you ain't getting valuable information out of what I'm giving you today, then there is no value that can help you because what I'm doing is giving you everything. I'm citing the laws. I'm giving you the actual court cases, live court cases, and I'm showing you the outcomes of these cases to let you know that the credit powerhouse is real. And if you don't have a copy of the credit powerhouse, if you feel you need a copy of the credit powerhouse, you need to pick it up. Available everywhere where books are sold. Now, this is a must-have. If you're going through your credit situations, you need to you need to pick up this book. There's no question about it. Because why? You get all the information that you need to be successful. So without further ado, I'm going to swing on over to chapter four. And now we're going to be dealing with the debt collectors using the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. All right. So we want to keep everything compact and straight to the point and give you uh, bullets that you can use to let off against those people that violate your rights on paper, not anything to harm anybody, because this is all about the paperwork and understanding procedure. Okay, so chapter four, dealing with the debt collectors using the FDCPA. All right. Understanding the fair credit. I'm sorry. Understanding the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. The Fair Debt Collection Practices Act is a federal law that sets guidelines and restrictions on how debt collectors can conduct their collection activities. It provides important uh, protections for consumers, ensuring fair and ethical practice during debt collection. In this chapter, we will explore, explore the key provisions of the FDCPA and how they safeguard your rights. Understanding the rights of consumers under the FDCPA. As a consumer, the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act grants you several rights when dealing with debt collectors. These rights include, number one, protection against harassment. Debt collectors are prohibited from engaging in practices that harass, oppress, or abuse consumers. They cannot use threatening language, make excessive phone calls, or employ any other tactics that may cause emotional distress. Section 806, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1692D, until debt tears us apart. Number two, right to validation of the debt. You have the right to request verification of the debt in question, Debt collectors must provide you with information regarding the amount owed, the original creditor, and other relevant details. This allows you to confirm the legitimacy and accuracy of the debt. Section 809, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1692G. Number three, right to cease communication. If you prefer not to be contacted by a debt collector, you have the right to request that they cease communication. After receiving such a request in writing, the debt collector can only contact you to inform you of specific actions they intend to take or if they decide to file a lawsuit against you. Section 805C, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1692C, subsection C, Uh, Number four, 
prohibition of false or, or misleading representations. Debt collectors are prohibited from making false or misleading statements when attempting to collect a debt. They cannot misrepresent the amount owed, the legal consequences of non-payment, or any other information related to the debt. Section 807, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection 1692E, all right, step-by-step guide to handling debt collectors. Number one, first thing you want to do is request a written verification. If you are contacted by a debt collector, request written verification of the debt. Send a written letter within 30 days of initial contact, requesting them to provide information about the debt including the amount owed and the original creditor. Number two, keep detailed records. Maintain a record of all communication with the debt collector. This includes dates, times, names of representatives, and a summary of the conversations. This documentation will be valuable if any violations occur or if you need to take legal action in the future. Assert your rights. If a debt collector engages in harassment or violates any provisions of the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, assert your rights. Clearly communicate that you are aware of your rights under the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act and that you expect them to comply with the law. Dispute inaccurate or unfair collection practices. If you believe the debt is not valid or if the debt collector is engaging in unfair practices such as attempting to collect an incorrect amount or making false statements, dispute the collection efforts in writing, include supporting documentation, and request that they cease all collection activities until the matter is resolved. Report violations. If a debt collector continues to violate your rights under the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, report their actions to the appropriate regulatory authorities. This may include filing a complaint with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, and your state's and your state's attorney general's office. By understanding your rights under the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act and following these steps, you can effectively deal with debt collectors and ensure that your rights are respected throughout the collection process. In the next chapter, we will will delve into the penalties for willfully violating the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. Understanding these penalties will reinforce the importance of debt collectors adhering to regulations outlined in the law. All right. Chapter five. Penalties for violating the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act. Penalties. Okay. Consequences of willfully violating violating the FDCPA. The Fair Debt Collections Practices Act provides important protections for consumers and sets guidelines for ethical and lawful debt collection practices. Debt collectors who willfully violate the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act can face severe penalties and legal consequences. This chapter will explore the penalties associated with compliance and the repercussions debt collectors may face for their actions. Number one, lawsuits and legal actions. Consumers who have been subjected to Fair Debt Collections Practices Act violations have the right to take legal action against debt collectors. They can file lawsuits seeking damages for the harm caused by the violations. If successful, 
The court may award the consumer compensation for actual damages, statutory damages, attorney fees, and court costs. Section 813, also known as 15 U.S.C. subsection uh, 1692K. Number two, statutory damages. The FDCPA allows for statutory damages to be awarded in cases of willful violations. Statutory damages are predetermined amounts set by the law and can range from $500 to $1,000 per violation, in some cases even low as $100. The court determines the appropriate amount based on the circumstances of the case and the severity of the violation, which is Section 813A, Subsection 2, Subsection A, which is also known as 15 U.S.C. 1692K, Subsection A, Subsection 2, Subsection A. Injunctive relief. In addition to monetary damages, a court may grant injunctive relief in cases of FDCPA violations. Injunctive relief aims to stop the debt collector from engaging in further unlawful practices. This can include restraining orders, court orders mandating changes in collection practices, or even the suspension or revocation of the debt collector's license. Section 813A, subsection 6, also known as 15 U.S.C., subsection 1692K, subsection A, subsection 6. Regulatory agency actions. Government regulatory agencies such as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau have the authority to take enforcement actions against debt collectors for Fair Debt Collection Practices Act violations. These actions may result in civil penalties, fines, and additional restrictions on the debt collector's operations. Number five, reputation damage. Reputation damage. Violations of the FDCPA can lead to significant damage to the reputation of debt collectors. Negative publicity, consumer complaints, and legal actions can tarnish the credibility and trustworthiness of the debt collection agency. This can have long-lasting consequences for their business operations and relationships with creditors. Notable cases and their legal ramifications. Severe high-profile cases have shed light on FDCPA violations and their legal ramifications. These cases have resulted in substantial settlements and judgments against debt collectors, emphasizing the importance of compliance with the law. Some notable cases include, number one, class action lawsuits against debt collectors for engaging in abusive and harassing behavior, resulting in significant monetary awards for affected consumers. Number two, Enforcement actions by regulatory agencies leading to large fines and sanctions against debt collection agencies found guilty of widespread FDCPA violations. Number three, public awareness campaigns and consumer advocacy efforts that expose debt collectors' illegal practices leading to increased scrutiny and accountability within the industry. Understanding the penalties associated with FDCPA violations reinforces the importance of debt collectors adhering to the regulations outlined in the law. By asserting your rights and reporting violations, you contribute to the enforcement of the FDCPA and the protection of consumers from unfair and abusive debt collection practices. Now, in the next chapter, 
we're going to shift our focus to the role of consumer protection laws and safeguarding consumer rights and the fines for noncompliance with key consumer protection acts. With that said, we'll be right back. And I'm trying to give you a fucking template to fight off that loser. God damn like the devil's going to make me do it. Got to fight that loser off. But it's in your Aussie brain. You ask the same fucking questions. You're an insecure old man. It's that simple. Money is free right now. We're at the lowest interest rates in 5,000 years. What are you going to tell your grandchildren? What are you going to tell your children 20, 25 years from now? What are you, Grandpa? What are you, Grandma? During the greatest transformation of motherfucking wealth in the history of the world. What did you do? Other than sit on your fucking hands. What did you do to take advantage of the greatest transformation of wealth in the history of the planet? What did you do? Not a fucking thing. That's what you're going to say. All right, all right. Welcome back to I'm Talking Business. Woo! I know we've been going in on credit. We've been going in on the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, showing you the court cases, showing you how to get paid, compensated, showing you the laws. And now we're going to get into Chapter 6, Consumer Protection Laws and Fines for Noncompliance. Guys, like I said, we're not going to get through the whole book today. Because number one, it's a lot of reading. And number two, it's just better to break it up. So I keep the energy going, right? So we're going to continue reading on. And I hope you enjoyed and show some love to the sponsors because they help make this thing go and hopefully make it grow. And so we can keep bringing the information. All right. So without further ado, let's get on here to chapter six. Uh, Consumer protection laws and fines for noncompliance. Uh, Consumer protection laws plays a critical role in safeguarding the rights and interests of consumers. These laws establish guidelines and regulations that businesses must follow to ensure fair and ethical practices. In this chapter, we will explore key consumer protection laws and the fines associated with noncompliance. Number one, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. The Fair Credit Reporting Act regulates the collection, dissemination, and use of consumer credit information. It ensures the accuracy and privacy of credit reports and provides consumers with the rights to dispute and correct inaccurate information. Noncompliance with the Fair Credit Reporting Act can result in significant fines and penalties. Fines for FCRA violations. Violations of the FCRA can lead to fines imposed by regulatory agencies such as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Specific fines depend on severity of the violation and can range from thousands to millions of dollars. The Fair Credit Reporting, uh, the Fair Credit, the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, FDCPA. The Fair Debt Collections Practices Act establishes rules and limitations for debt collectors when attempting to collect debts from consumers. It aims to prevent abusive and deceptive practices and protect consumer rights during the debt collection process. Fines for 
FDCPA violations, violations of the FDCPA can result in regulatory enforcement actions and lawsuits. Debt collectors found guilty of FDCPA violations may be subject to civil penalties, which can range from hundreds to thousands of dollars per violation. The Fair Trade Commission Act, FTCPA. The F, I'm sorry, the FTCA. The FTCA empowers the Federal Trade Commission to regulate and enforce various consumer protection laws. It prohibits unfair and deceptive acts or practices in commerce. Fines for FTCA violations, violations of the FTCA can lead to significant fines imposed by the FTC. The fines vary depending on the nature of the violation, the size of the business involved, and other relevant factors. The Consumer, number four, the Consumer Financial Protections Act, the F, the CFPA. The CFPA grants the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, the authority to enforce federal consumer financial laws. It focuses on protecting consumers from unfair, deceptive, or abusive practices in the financial industry. Fines for CFPA violations. The CFPB has the power to impose fines on individuals or entities that violate consumer uh, financial protection laws. These fines can be substantial, ranging from thousands to millions of dollars. Understanding the fines associated with noncompliance serves as a strong deterrent for businesses, encouraging them to comply with consumer protection laws and prioritize consumer welfare. The Fines Act as a mean of punishment and reinforce the importance of adherence to these regulations. In the next section, we will explore the role of operations of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, and how consumers can leverage its resources to assist them in credit disputes and complaints against financial institutions. And we're going to move over to Chapter 7. Chapter 7, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, and its role in assisting consumers. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, is a federal agency responsible for protecting consumers in the financial marketplace. Established under the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act, the CFPB's primary mission is to ensure fair treatment, transparency, and accountability for consumers when dealing with financial products and services. Understanding the operations of the CFPB, the CFPB operates through various mechanisms to fulfill its mission of consumer protection. Here are some key aspects of its operations. Number one, rulemaking and enforcement. The CFPB has the authority to ensure regulations and rules that govern the practices of financial institutions. These rules are designed to protect consumers from unfair, deceptive, or abusive practices. The CFPB also enforces these rules and takes action against institutions that violate consumer protection laws. Number two, consumer complaint database. The CFPB maintains a consumer complaint database where consumers can submit complaints regarding financial products and services. 
This database serves as a valuable resource for consumers to voice their concerns and seek resolution for their issues. It also helps the CFPB identify patterns of misconduct and take appropriate actions. Number three, education and resources. The CFPB provides educational materials and resources to empower consumers with knowledge about their rights and responsibilities in the financial marketplace. Through its website, publications, and consumer guides, the CFPB aims to improve financial literacy and help consumers make informed decisions. Supervision and examination. The CFPB has supervisory authority over certain financial institutions, including banks, credit unions, and mortgage servicers. It conducts examinations to ensure compliance with consumer protection laws and regulations. These examinations help identify potential violations and promote a fair and transparent financial marketplace. Collaboration with other agencies. The CFPB collaborates with other federal, state, and local agencies to coordinate efforts in protecting consumers. This collaboration fosters a comprehensive approach to consumer protection and enhances the effectiveness of regulatory actions. How consumers can utilize the CFPB for disputes and complaints. If you encounter issues with financial products or services, the CFPB can be a valuable resource to assist you. Here's how you can utilize the CFPB. Number one, file a complaint. If you have a complaint against a financial institution, you can submit it to the CFPB through their website or by contacting their consumer hotline. Provide detailed information about the issue and any supporting documentation. The CFPB will review your complaint and work to facilitate a resolution. Number two, access consumer tools and resources. Explore the CFPB's website to access consumer tools, guides, and resources. These resources can help you understand your rights, navigate financial decisions, and take proactive steps to protect yourself. Number three, stay informed. Keep up, keep up to date with the latest news and announcements from the CFPB. They regularly release reports, studies, and guidance that can help you make informed financial choices and stay aware of emerging, emerging consumer protection issues. Number four, report suspected scams or fraud. If you come across suspected scams or fraudulent activities, report them to the CFPB. They investigate these reports and take appropriate action to protect consumers from fraudulent practices. By utilizing the resources and services provided by the CFPB, consumers can seek assistance, resolve disputes, and contribute to the overall improvement of the financial marketplace. Now, in the next chapter, we're going to delve into how credit reporting agencies violate the Privacy Act and examine the statements made by Congress regarding credit reporting agencies. We will also explore relevant laws that govern their operations. All right. All right. Chapter eight, violations of the Privacy Act and credit reporting agencies. Understanding the Privacy Act and its relevance to credit reporting. The Privacy Act is a federal law that regulates the collection, use, and dissemination of personal information by federal agencies. While credit reporting agencies are not federal agencies, 
Their operations involve handling and reporting personal information, which can sometimes lead to violations of the Privacy Act. In this chapter, we will explore how credit reporting agencies may violate the Privacy Act and the impl implications of such violations. Number one, types of Privacy Act violations. A, unauthorized disclosure. Credit reporting agencies may disclose personal information to unauthorized entities or individuals without the consumer's consent or a lawful basis for disclosure. B, inaccurate information handling. Mishandling uh, or misreporting personal information can lead to Privacy Act violations. This includes inaccurately linking individuals to accounts or reporting inaccurate financial data. C. Failure to provide notice. Credit reporting agencies are required to inform individuals of their rights under the Privacy Act, including how their personal information is collected, used, and disclosed. Failure to provide adequate notice can result in violations. D. Inadequate safeguards. Credit reporting agencies must implement appropriate security measures to protect personal information from unauthorized access or disclosure. Insufficient safeguards or data breaches can lead to Privacy Act violations. Think about all the violations of the credit bureaus when they got their information um, uh, hijacked and settling on uh, large lawsuits. Now, Congress has expressed concerns about credit reporting agencies handling of personal information and the potential for Privacy Act violations. Statements made by Congress regarding credit reporting agencies include A. Fair Credit and Accurate Credit Transactions Act, which is called FACTA, F-A-C-T-A. Now, this legislation was enacted to enhance consumer rights and improve the accuracy of credit reporting. It highlights the importance of protecting consumer privacy and provides mechanisms for consumers to dispute inaccuracies in their credit reports. B. Congress Congressional Hearings and Investigations Congress has conducted hearings and investigations to scrutinize credit reporting agencies, practices, and address concerns related to consumer privacy. These proceedings have shed light on potential violations and the need for stronger safeguards. Number three, relevant laws governing credit reporting agencies. A, Fair Credit Reporting Act, FCRA. The FCRA establishes guidelines for credit reporting agencies, operations, and protects consumer privacy rights. It outlines requirements for handling and reporting consumer information, including dispute resolution procedures and the removal of inaccurate or outdated information. B. Graham-Leach-Blayley Act is Blayley Act, GLBA. The GLBA requires financial institutions, including credit reporting agencies, to implement safeguards to protect the privacy and security of consumer information. It mandates the development and maintenance of privacy policies and practices. Consequences of Privacy Act Violations When credit reporting agencies violate the Privacy Act, they may face legal consequences, consequences and sanctions. These can include lawsuits and legal action. 
individual who, whose privacy rights have been violated can pursue legal action against credit reporting agencies. This can result in financial settlements or court judgments against the agencies. B, regulatory authorities, regulatory actions. Regulatory bodies such as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, or the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, can take enforcement actions against credit reporting agencies for Privacy Act violation. These actions may involve fines, penalties, and mandated corrective actions. Number C, reputational damage. Privacy Act violations can tarnish the reputation of credit reporting agencies, leading to a loss of consumer trust and credibility. This can have long-term consequences for their business operations and relationships with creditors. It is crucial for credit reporting agencies to comply with the Privacy Act and ensure the proper handling and protection of consumers' personal information. By holding them accountable for any violations, consumers can protect their privacy rights and contribute to the overall improvement of data privacy practices within the credit reporting industry. Now, in the next chapter, we will explore the importance of opting out of marketing and solicitation and provide step-by-step -step instructions on how consumers can exercise their right to opt out. We will also discuss why this is significant for safeguarding privacy and reducing unwanted offers. Chapter 9, Opting Out of Marketing and Solicitation for Privacy Protection. All right. Introduction to opting out. I think we're going to end it here for today. And we're going to start at Chapter 9, Opting Out of Marketing, Solicitation for Privacy Protection in the next show. So, guys... And ladies, at the end of this podcast, if you have questions, there is a link to record a question, your questions, and we can answer them throughout a segment on our show. We can answer your questions. All you got to do is leave a message, record your questions, and we'll get them. And if, if they're sufficient, we will answer them. Remember, this is the I'm Talking Business Podcast. We're going to head on out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and got a lot of information. And remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can get the update when the podcasts are going to be uh, going on. But typically it's on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. We get on on I'm Talking Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you follow us on uh, what is it? Instagram at I'm Talking Business. Check us out on TikTok at I'm Talking Business and the number eight. And check us out on YouTube at I'm Talking Business. Listen, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all really got some value from the show. We're going to continue on with chapter nine next week. And we should be able to close out the book, uh, The Credit Powerhouse which is an excellent book, giving out a lot of information is what you can see. So I hope you all stay tuned and tune in for the next show. And I want to say peace, peace to the gods. And thank you all for tuning in. We out.